Welcome to Standout, where you're going to hear from some exceptional entrepreneurs. You'll learn what steps they took to get them where they are and what you can do to make your mark. I'm your host, Cheryl Tan, with CherylTanMedia.com. You can find the episodes and the show notes all in one place at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash podcast. Sign up for my weekly newsletter there and get media strategies I only share with readers. Today, we're talking about getting help and how, if you have the right help, you can see incredible growth in your business. We discussed it with business coach Allison Maslin in episode 13 and with entrepreneur Jim Palmer in episode 15. But what is the best way to work with assistants who could be the key to your success? Joan Burge is the founder and CEO of Office Dynamics International. She was an executive assistant for many years, who now provides training for administrative professionals worldwide. I love the honesty she shares about how hard it is to build a sustainable company and what it takes to make it. Whether you're an assistant or the boss, you will get some valuable steps on how best to work together to grow a company. Joan Burge, thank you so much for joining us for Standout. You're welcome, Cheryl. I'm very excited to be here today. <laughs> Joe, you are the founder and CEO of Office Dynamics International, and I really love your story. I love how you took your experience and turned that into a very successful business. So let's just start from the beginning. How did you get your start in business, Joan? Oh, the hard way, no. <laughs> it really how it started is... Um, uh, well, a little background information is I had been an executive and administrative assistant for about 17 years, and um, I had a, a great career as an executive and administrative assistant. I worked in several different companies. Um, I had worked my way up from out of high school as a receptionist to working for high-level executives, presidents, and CEOs. Um, I had some because I worked in a variety of places and industries, I started to realize, you know, there was a difference in some of the relationships that I had had. And I had some good relationships, and then I had some not so good relationships with my executives. And then I had three awesome executives in my career. And what happened after the 17 years, um, I started to, to wonder what I wanted to do next. And um, basically, not because I didn't like the profession or love it, I did, but I had such a breadth of experience that I was like, all right, where do I go from here? And I didn't have a college education. All I knew was being a great assistant, you know, for years. And um, at that time, I think I was about 37. And all I knew is that by the time I was 40, I did not want to be an assistant and I did not want to be working for someone else, but I didn't know what to do. <laughs> this was my whole life being an assistant. So um, I started talking to a girlfriend. We were living in Asheville, North Carolina at the time and started talking to a good friend. And, you know, she started planting this little seed about, well, you had such great experiences and you also know what doesn't work. Why don't you teach? Well, the funny thing is when I grew up grades one through 10, I always wanted to be a teacher. 
<laughs> so she says, why don't you teach? Why don't you go out and train other assistants how to be really star performers, you know, and, and outstanding assistants? And so this little light bulb went off and I was like, hmm, uh, that sounds like a great idea. But, you know, the problem is I don't know anything about training. I'm nervous about being in front of a group. So as far as professional speaking skills, I don't know anything about curriculums and objectives and how to put something together. And But I was very intrigued and really, you know, couldn't let that thought go. And so um, I'll try to give you the shorter version here. But what happened is my girlfriend and I actually ended up starting Office Dynamics together. Okay. She was getting a little antsy in her career and we, we couldn't quit our jobs, though, because we were both, you know, we were married, we had little children, we had responsibility, we just couldn't stop. So for about six months, we met every Saturday, we talked about the business, uh, we didn't know how to be entrepreneurs, we didn't know how to be business owners, we just knew kind of our stuff in terms of what we wanted to help people with, and we were going to co-teach. And then, um, so we were quite excited and I started doing some, uh, holding some little workshops where I was working. I thought that's a good way to start to get my feet wet. I have to have some practice. I have to have some credibility. And I started doing some little classes at our local community college and kind of just going through the process. Well, after six months, my husband got a job promotion and we moved to Memphis, Tennessee so everything really ended. We, we parted ways, my girlfriend and I. And uh, when we moved to Memphis, we had bought a new home. And I thought, well, I don't have my girlfriend anymore. And I might as well just go back to being a secretary is what we were called then. And uh, we had this new home and, you know, I needed income. And so uh, I was, took different jobs, but I found I was never really happy anymore. And my heart wasn't really in it. And I was feeling this pulling and tugging, you know, for the teaching. And um, by the way, what led me to the teaching piece of it is there was a real gap in professional development for administrative assistance. In other words, when I was uh, a secretary, there wasn't really anything out there. There was a one-day workshop here and a one-day workshop there, but nothing of any depth or any real meat. And so for me, I started to see this gap that it didn't make any sense that as a high-level executive assistant, I am supporting these top-level executives who get training and development all the time, who are educated, who learn how to be great leaders. I'm running their life, and I get nothing. So, you know, it just didn't make sense that there wasn't anything of any real depth for assistance. So that was also the motivator, you know, behind it all, mm -hmm. um, that I felt there was a strong need to give assistance the tools and skills that they needed to be highly effective so they could help increase the productivity of their executive. I love how you, um, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to this, where you're in a position, whether it's a job or you've, you're in a whatever position, and you feel a calling to something else. You, like, you, you feel like you can do more. And, I, and I, I think a lot of people can relate to that feeling. Like you're no longer satisfied with where you are currently because 
you know you can do more. You can teach. Mm -hmm. You can create something different and more for somebody else. Mm -hmm. So I love that. And how scary it must have been for you to to leave something that is something you've only known. You've only known this to go to find a new market and uh, offer your services in another way. How did you get your first client and who was it? Uh, my first client, I'm trying to think, because I had some, you know, little clients here and there. Um, but I would say my first real client. So after Memphis, believe it or not, two years later, we moved to Virginia Beach because my husband got another promotion. No way. That's where I live. I live in Virginia Beach. I, I know that's right. <laughs> yes. How old stopping world. <laughs> so, um, but one of my, I do remember being in the area there. My first really bigger client was the Department of the Army. So I had several hospitals in the Virginia Beach area who had me, uh, brought me in to, to maybe present a two-hour workshop or an hour workshop. So I had a lot of little pieces. I did do work. One of my early clients that was very exciting was NASA's there, NASA, you know. Um, that was quite exciting to get that. But with the Department of the Army, which is really interesting, right, because you wouldn't think they would do that type of training. And you think, oh, that would just be a corporate thing. The government agencies wouldn't do that. But um, I taught there, uh, I taught several programs for a couple years. And the reason they brought me in is because they didn't want everything just so vanilla or so rigid and black and white. They wanted their assistants to step out and think bigger and think broader. And so here you think this is a very structured rules and policies, right? right? Agency, but they were bringing me in purposely to get the assistants to, to stop thinking that way and to broaden their vision of what they could do. There are a lot of misconceptions about executive assistants and administrative professionals. And I know that's one of the reasons why you created this company to empower to teach and to empower. So can you talk a little bit about that? Some of those misconceptions and, and some of the mistakes that are made in working together. Uh, one of the biggest misconceptions that I'll hear people say is, well, anyone could do that job. Anyone can be an assistant. Well, that is not true. Anyone cannot be a great assistant. Anyone could sit at a computer, yeah, and push buttons. That doesn't take a lot of brains. But to truly be that high-end executive assistant who has to anticipate and be proactive and take the initiative and put all the pieces of the puzzle together and have diplomacy and tact and manage her executive or his executive stress, and you know the list goes on, you do have to be highly skilled to be able to do that. So... That's where there's a big misperception. And so because of that, a lot of people, managers, executives, and companies don't think they need to train their assistants. They don't think they need to invest money in their assistants. And because they, it's that thought again, well, surely anybody could do that. It's not a big deal. It doesn't you know, take a lot. Um, so that's a big misconception. Uh, another is that... Um, this is a really good one that a manager executive thinks that, you know, they could just use their 
technical, technical tools. They don't need to really rely on an assistant because if a manager is tech savvy, they'd like to use the technology and because they have access to it, so they'll schedule their own trips, they'll make their own meeting plans, they'll do all these things because, well, I can do it. Well, it doesn't mean they should do it. So if you are a high level or even mid-manager, you know, and you're paid X amount of dollars to do that job or your job at a certain level that impacts the company's bottom line, you shouldn't be doing those things. So the the misperception is too, and and just a manager executive thinking, well, I don't need an assistant because I can do it myself. I have my phone, I have this, I have that. I'll make my own plans. I'll make my own meetings. You know what, but that's not what you're paid the big bucks to do. You know, you're paid to focus on things that truly impact a business. And it doesn't mean that the assistant is any less value, any lesser value than the manager. It's just, you know, from a business perspective, who's paid to do what? And it's in relationship, you know, to to your roles. So um, executives burn a lot of, of time and energy and don't, aren't able to put their focus where they should be putting it and, you know, be freed up for their biggest, uh, bigger projects. And so um, another, I guess, misperception is, again, assistants don't need training and development. You know, we talk to a lot of companies that say, no, they don't need it. They don't need it. But today in today's world, they do need it more than ever. It's not like 30 years ago. You know, the role has changed. The role has evolved. Companies have changed and evolved. Managers have how we work, how we operate. We're working at mock speed. So and assistants need to learn to think differently. They're not task doers and order takers anymore. You know, they're what I call a cognitive being. They have to engage all their senses. They have to think. They have a career. They have a profession, just like a lawyer or an attorney. You know, it's a profession. So they do need the coaching and development and tools, you know, to do their job really well. How have you grown your company? Like, at what point is it now? You started uh, and you were talking about in Virginia Beach. You had a couple of really big clients. But but what is Office Dynamics International now? Um, we are a global leader in the creation and presentation of sophisticated training programs and information for administrative professionals and executives. Mm-hmm. So in the early days, we focused on working with the assistant. Today, we coach CEOs and top-level executives on how to work with their assistants. So we've evolved you know, to that level of it's not just the assistant that needs to learn, mm-hmm. but the executive. Um, we work with mostly large corporations like Cisco and Boeing, Procter and Gamble, AT&T. So, you know, in the early days when you think about I was, you know, doing some of those little, you know, smaller local places, right. you know, we've evolved. Um globally, we're reaching assistance all over the world now, thank goodness for, you know, the technology and we can host webinars. We'll get 3,500 assistants will sign up for one of our monthly webinars and they're from all over the world. That's great. So, you know, it's great to connect. 
Uh, I have a team now. I have, you know, a staff here that works with me. I have other trainers that work with me. So we've definitely, you know, evolved um, and proven there is a need. But I will say it's a hard, rough road. This is one of the toughest niches and in industries. Mm. Um, just to let you know, over 25 years, I almost closed my doors three times. Wow. So we have come very, very close. Um, A couple incidences. Well, one, of course, that's very vivid for me is when September 11th hit. Uh, That dramatically um, affected our business because I had some big clients. U.S. Airways was one of my biggest clients at the time. We had, they had about a thousand administrative professionals going through our program in three or four cities. They have been a very good client. Well, as soon as 9-11 hit, they stopped everything, you know, which is understandable, but that was a big chunk, you know, to me. Big loss, and it happened instantly. So it wasn't anything that was gradual. It's like, it's gone, Mm -hmm. you know, now. Well, I had some other clients um, that maybe their businesses were affected because they were in avionics. Um, and manufacturing avionics, things for airplanes. Well, you know, airplanes weren't being ordered. They halted that. Mm-hmm. So one of the first thing a company will cut back when they're when the economy is affected and such is training. And usually the first group they'll cut is the assistant training, not management or leadership. So I take a very hard hit when that happens. Um, also for me, I book my business months out. So, today, you know, people are hiring me now for summer and fall. Mm-hmm. So it's not where someone will call me today, come in next week. So it takes me a long time to work with and gain that potential client and actually book the business. So you see, I, I lost a ton of business. Right. I wasn't going to get business to fill my calendar in a week or two weeks or three weeks, even two months. So immediately I could just see everything, money just going out of my business, you know, um, and I was ready to, to close. I really was after 10, that was after 10 years of working very hard to grow, you know, for 10 years, my business kept climbing up. And then when 9-11 hit, and we had just moved to Vegas, we had only been in Vegas about seven or eight months when, um, nine months, maybe September 11th happened. So, um, Oh, what was I just going to tell you? Oh, the other part of it that was a dilemma for me is as a speaker and trainer, um, I have to travel. Mm-hmm. And the clients I did have were out of state. Mm-hmm. So I was petrified to get on an airplane. Oh, so even if I got business, I didn't want to travel. I was scared. So that's a problem. Absolutely. No. Huge. Yes. <laughs> How did you pivot? How did you pivot after those uh, setbacks? You you pivoted because you're still in business and you're doing well. Yeah, but how did you uh, make that change to whatever it was to encompass something back, different? Back to the, I always go back to the basics. Whenever my business has struggled due to the economy or 9-11, mm-hmm. I always go back to the fundamentals of when I started my business, which is you get on the phone and you roll up your sleeves and you just get down in the dirt you know, and, um, and I was after the shock wore off from September 11th, you know, we were all in shock, of course. 
But after that wore off, after a few weeks, I thought, I'll be darned if I'm going to let those terrorists do this, you know, and put this fear after I worked hard for 10 years to build my business. I am not going to let it happen. And so that's when I just, like I said, I got back to the core basics. I, you know, picking up the phone, searching for companies, networking, um, sending out letters. I mean, I was just, you know, I wasn't doing anything extra fancy or expensive because I didn't have the money to do that. So it was really relying on me. And then Fortunately, I had a real blessing come along where this company, big company, called me one day, and uh, it was right before Christmas. I'll never forget it. And they said they had heard about me from this other big company, and I had done such a fantastic job with this big program we had for assistance, and they needed training, and they needed it next year, and they needed to use up some money right now before your end, wow. and would I like to get some money now? And I was like... <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure, sure. That's not a problem. I'm like, thank you, Lord. <laughs> so that was kind of a, that was a salvation that then pushed me, you know, through until I, you know, was able to get it going again. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so we've, we've had that, like I said, that story's happened a, a few times and, um, but I found, you know, determination is really important and failure is not an option for me, if, especially if you're doing what you love. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it was a matter of how do I climb through this and, and get myself going again and just being better each time actually that I, I came back and being more creative and, you know, Thank you for your honesty, Joan, because not a lot of people talk about the almost failures, the the uncertainty. And and so that was tough, I know, some tough times, uh, really tough times that you really had to think about, do I want to keep doing this? Do I want to go to the next level? Um, I want to talk now about uh, executives and two questions related to their relationship with executive assistants. So we're talking about um, entrepreneurs. In your opinion, what at what level does an entrepreneur need an executive assistant? And once they have that executive assistant in place, what is the best way to work together? Um, the time to hire, I think, is when you you know you really have somewhat of a solid you know foundation going that you you um, show you have some ability to stay and people are interested in what you're doing. I wore all the hat, you know, entrepreneurs do they, they're marketing, bookkeeping, everything. you know, depending on what you do, you do everything. But um, at some point you have to realize is when you get to that point, when you're spending more time on administrative duties than time on what actually feeds your business. So, you know, it, it's a, that percentage of if you're doing more administrative work and finding 60, 70 percent of your time or 50 percent of your time you're doing administrative duties, then and you're not really focusing on what grows your business, you ought to be hiring someone because, you know, what I always used to hear and I agree with and, and I look at this today, too, with executives and assistants, what do you make an hour, you know, if, if supposedly you personally can make 
$50 an hour. We'll go low end. Mm -hmm. You know, you should be hiring an assistant, maybe an entry-level assistant. You can get for $14 an hour. Why are you doing that work when you could be focusing on things because you generate more income? So, um, and actually you'll probably grow even more and, and grow faster because you're freed up from those mundane nitty gritty responsibilities that still have to be done. They've got to get done. Um, so that's where you have to, to kind of, I think how you measure in terms of when to start and, and let go and release, um, and then as far as utilizing the assistant, I believe you had said, yeah. wow, there, there's a, a good list. Um, and that would range from helping manage your emails. Uh, now, you may not, it depends. If an entrepreneur is just starting out, they may not have that many emails to deal with. But once you do get rolling uh, and you get known and you have more emails coming in, that could bog you down for hours. So it's great to have an assistant who can really help manage your emails. It's great if you travel a lot as an entrepreneur, um, because while you're gone, your assistant could be also managing your emails and keeping the business going. Um, all the basics, the, the daily calendars, you know, an assistant, if she's a good assistant, can certainly help manage the calendar. And there's more to managing the calendar than just seeing an empty date and dropping in an appointment. Uh, a good assistant is going to look at, well, what's going on three days before? What's going on next week? What kind of meetings are you involved in? You know, that assistant's going to make sure you have breathing space. You know, some executives tell me, I don't even have time to go to the bathroom sometimes. Well, if you have a good assistant, they're going to be making that time for you to work on a project, to have downtime, to make phone calls, to read emails. They'll watch that you're not overloading yourself. And that's the other part. A good assistant could help you balance your life better. Okay. Um, although I don't really use the word balance because I don't think our lives are ever in balance in terms of our career, family, financial, spiritual, and wellness pillars. Um, but they can help make sure you're not you know, doing too much in your career, and then maybe you're not making time for your wellness, you know, your workout, or being with your family. Um, so there's calendar, email, follow-up systems need to be created. That was one thing I noticed um, when I started in the speaking business, and we were living in Virginia Beach, and because I had been an assistant, I knew how to set up fo a follow-up system for people that I was pursuing as possible clients and then what was the next step and the next step or people would call me. Well, what happened was I belonged to a group with of other speakers and there were about four of them one day asked if they could come to my office. Would I show them how to set up a follow-up system? They didn't know how to track and monitor their clients using a follow-up system. So follow-up is really important when you own a business. You cannot forget. I mean, we there's so many action items that you have. Well, who's monitoring and making sure everything's getting done when you said it's going to get done? Or if you requested information, it has that information come in, you know, by when you needed it. Um, and then, so you start out with the core, the fundamentals, but then really after a period of time of getting those fundamentals down, um, it's, letting go of 
some of the bigger pieces. So my assistant, my executive assistant, who's actually now the vice president of my company, may I'd like to mention that, she has evolved to such a point that she is now the vice president of my company. And she can run in this office completely. I had a major medical situation this summer. I had a major medical situation last summer where I was out for months. She ran the whole business. And that's the other thing I don't think entrepreneurs realize. Well, who is your backup plan if something happens to you? What if you have to be out for a week? Or what if you, I mean, even just want to take a great vacation. But if something happens, who's running your business? Who knows about all your banking? Who knows where the, your files are? Who knows all the, pa- the passwords to the computers? I mean, you could be destroyed. And if you have a good assistant, she's going to be your trusted right-hand partner. She's a business partner. And she will keep things afloat for you. But you, 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 know, you grow her into that role. Um, but anyways, a, a good example is years ago, I used to write all the letter of agreements with my clients, you know, if, because every agreement's a little different. And, you know, I had to make sure everything was exact. And some of these agreements were big companies. They have to be perfect. Well, you know, after Jasmine had been with me for a while, I was able to teach her, you know, here's how you write an agreement but here's what you have to look for here's what might change with this client here's what might change with that client you know how nice it was though to get those agreements off my plate Mm -hmm. because I need to focus on writing and development and speeches and Mm -hmm. you know curriculums and and things that are much deeper but yet the contract's really important (laughs) it's important So, you know, that's what an assistant does, help starts out with the nitty gritty of the the work and the tasks. And then the idea should be that this person evolves and takes on more and more of your projects and bigger tasks, assignments. And, you know, and then the goal is for you to be able to focus on your real talents and what you do best, which ultimately grow your business. It's really amazing too what you had said about it's Jasmine, right? So she's your VP and I've been dealing with her as far as emails as we arrange this interview that if you hire somebody as an assistant or if you are the assistant, that's not the end of the business and it's not the end of their role in your company is there's Mm -hmm. always ways to move up and ways to to get more uh, Mm -hmm. in your own business. It's phenomenal. Um, As far as um, habits, wanted to talk about that. We like to talk about some habits that our successful entrepreneurs carry out on a regular basis that help lead to their success, um, whether they're daily, weekly, monthly, um, just something that you do regularly. How about that, Joan? Okay. A couple things. Um, well, one, if you have an assistant, we regularly have morning daily huddles. Oh, I like that. So that's the best way to start your day. It's awesome. So When I come in in the morning, you know, Jasmine and I meet. Um, If you do it on a regular basis, it doesn't take long at all because you're you're keeping information flowing. And we'll go back and forth with each other. Here's what I have for her. Here's different things I want to confirm or touch base with her on. And then she has things that have flowed, come into her area since yesterday when we met. And so then she 
goes through her list with me. And then we also, um, before we end our meeting, we confirm what are the day's priorities. So if nothing else gets done, done today, here are my three top priorities. And then she lets me know her top three priorities. So we always have a good handle on where we are because our priorities are always shifting and business is always changing. So that's definitely a habit. Um, boy, habits. Wow. Uh, I just do things so naturally. I have a habit of being organized, which I think is critically important when you are an entrepreneur. Yeah. You have to know how to get your hands on things quickly. Um, I use a lot of efficient systems, not necessarily technology. Um, I have a lot of systems in place that are, are more the, the paper kind of systems, but they work really well. So consistency with whatever processes you use to be consistent. And I so daily, I am using those three or four processes with all my work that flows in and out. Um, I do like to uh, take time in the early morning is when I'm most creative. And I think that's because I wake up and I don't have anything on my mind yet. And um, for me, I like to take that cup of coffee and maybe a journal or just, you know, go sit outside. And um, I don't know, it's just kind of when my thoughts flow. So it's my quiet time, which I think is very important to have that little quiet time. And I end up writing a lot of ideas and notes and you know then I come in and of course I'm Jasmine this and I thought of this and I thought of that and I'm all fired up but I think that morning may not work for everyone it's really finding when do your thoughts flow more more freely for you and really accessing and, and allowing those thoughts to just rise up because I feel like my best ideas come when I'm relaxed and I'm not forcing it. It's just kind of naturally happening because I'm more relaxed. And there are things that have been on my mind, you know, and it's just when I'm in that situation, that's when the, the thoughts really start to flow. Another habit is I'm an avid reader. I love to read um, business books. Uh, inspirational books, success books, anything that's very uplifting, but also is educational. So I'm a sponge. I've always been that with as an entrepreneur. I, like I said, I didn't go to college and I don't have all this formal fancy training, And but I am a self learner. I'm self-taught. I soak up everything I can from anyone any resource. So as I'm out there going about my day or out there with these great clients I work with and I'm on site, I'm listening, I'm absorbing, I'm taking it in. So I'm always kind of feeding my skill set. That's great. Um, <laughs> that is great. How can is that good? In, that's perfect. <laughs> A lot of things to chew on. That's for sure. How can people get in touch with you, jo Joan? Um, our number at Office Dynamics is 800 782 7139. Uh, they could also write me at Burge J at OfficeDynamics.com. And I know on your website, you have a lot of resources, a lot of information for those who want to learn yeah. more about being a better executive assistant or a better entrepreneur. Yes, at OfficeDynamics.com, we have 
um, just volumes of blogs, articles, educational videos. I have a YouTube channel with over 150 videos um, on how to utilize an assistant and also how to be a great assistant. So, um, you know, it's just great. Uh, an assistant can, I think, especially for an entrepreneur, small business, if you have a great assistant, they are worth their weight in gold. Mm -hmm. Jasmine probably has been able to, to fill the hat. And I think she knows this of three positions, other positions that could have been created in this company, but we're a small business. She manages the social media. You know, she wears many different hats. So I think that's the other thing as an entrepreneur, you know, as you're starting out, you just can't have 10 departments. I mean, unless you've been very lucky and, and hit it off right away, you know, but if you have a great assistant um, and they want to learn and grow and be challenged, they can truly help you in many aspects of your business. Great. I want to thank you so much for your time. Before we sign off, I just want to ask you one last question, which is what makes okay. you a standout? Wow. <laughs> My red lipstick, first of all. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but um, I, what makes me a standout is that I created a niche, an untapped niche that no one else had thought about. I worked in a niche that was extremely difficult and I got many no's. So what I started was not easy at all. Um, I got a lot more no's, you know, probably 90% no's before I got a yes. So I think what makes me unique is I was a visionary. I saw a need, I created a niche and I've stuck with it for 25 years, regardless of how many times I got doors slammed in my face or my almost closed my doors. <laughs> so I, I believe I am a standout in terms of resiliency and truly being passionate about my work. I really love it. Joan Burge, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. It has been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much. It was fun. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Standout. Joan offers monthly webinars for administrative professionals. I'll have more details in this episode's show notes. Just go to CherylTanMedia.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 16. It has been an honor to connect with so many forward-thinking entrepreneurs. The best way to get their stories in front of more people is to subscribe to and review the show on iTunes. Thank you in advance for your support. If you'd like to be reminded when new standout episodes come out, you can sign up for my newsletter at CherylTanMedia.com. Until next time, thanks so much for joining me. I'm Cheryl Tan.